So I'm driving my tractor carrying a bale of hay. And the bale of hay weighed about 2,000 pounds, right? And I had it on what's called the front loader, the front part of the tractor. And I'm going down the hill, and there's nothing flat where, I, where my farm is. Everything's on angles, steep angles, cliffs, things like that. So I'm driving down this pathway to this paddock. And of course, my wife uh, said, you probably should let someone else do that. You, you know, you're not very experienced in a tractor. I'm like, I can do it. I'm driving down and I have too much weight, too high on the front of this tractor, driving on a hillside, which is not very stable. So the tractor started to tip over, okay? At that moment, um, I had what they call a stress event, okay? This is called flight or fight. Now, in flight or fight, you know, you have two options. You can fight or you can flight, get the heck out of there. And so I chose the flight part. Get off the tractor real fast. Try not to kill yourself as the tractor went through the electric fence and off the cliff. So I experienced stress. So today we're going to dig into this, and um, I'm just using myself as an example. Um, I was under some severe shock, stress, and what happens in that mode, you have the flight or fight mechanism kick in. That's part of what's called the autonomic nervous system. So the word autonomic uh, means involuntary, okay? It happens automatically without your control or will, okay? And that's the key point is this word control. You're going to be stressed out as much as you are out of control in a situation. And you'll be less stressed the more you're in control. So there are stress states like exercise, you're stressing your body, or a jacuzzi, or a cold bath. Those are all stresses, very positive stress. It's going to help you. But any stress that you are out of control um, puts you in a, a bad place. But in my situation, I had this sudden burst of adrenaline, massive adrenaline that stayed in my bloodstream all day, as well as cortisol. I was in a state of panic. I was uh, hyperventilating. I was breathing really fast at the time. So my blood pressure went up. Uh, my pulse rate went up. I was sweating. That's what happens when you have the stress event because the autonomic nervous system kicks in there as a survival mechanism and it starts to alter your physiology uh, and your anatomy to deal with this stress. First of all, I wanted just to really define the differentiating factor of this thing that happens when you get stressed out. And that is, um, whether you're in control or out of control. And that can be with a situation, a condition, a relationship with a person. It can also be in a relationship where you don't seem to have a lot of control over the situation. You're really stuck in that relationship and uh, you're not controlling it, it's controlling you. So in a stress state, you have a lot of these involuntary uh, glandular secretions and reactions occurring that are below your control. Now. There are two organs in your body that um, have both involuntary as well as voluntary control. And the first one is called the diaphragm, okay? That's the muscle underneath your lungs that allows you to breathe. And if you are aware when you're in a stress mode, you're usually hyperventilating or your breathing is always off. It's like, you could be doing that or you can be hyperventilating. And what's interesting, it's really the in balance in oxygen and CO2, that's the problem. When you get too much oxygen and not enough CO2, 
the oxygen cannot be absorbed. This is why in a panic attack, where if you have asthma, you breathe in a paper bag, you're breathing in more carbon dioxide, which automatically releases the absorption of oxygen, which is interesting. So anytime you are in a panic attack or a stress event or trying to sleep because you're too stressed out, you should start to do controlled breathing where you're under total voluntary breathing control. Okay, slow your breath down. Breathe in, breathe out, maybe at a count of uh, four seconds. Okay, you just focus on that. That is very, very powerful to put back in the control over this whole system and pull yourself out of this reactive flight or fight mode. Okay, it's called the sympathetic nervous system. And that's what I did when uh, during this tractor event. I just, as I walked home, because I had nothing to drive home, I slowly worked on my breathing in and out to pull myself out of this shock. And the second organ, which is really the skeletal muscles of your body, the skeletal muscles um, have reflexes in them that respond to various things. For example, if you touch a hot stove or like in my case, an electric fence to see if it was alive or not, I didn't have to think about taking the hand off. It's just an automatic reflex. So that would be an involuntary uh, skeletal muscle reflex. But you can also voluntarily control your muscles, right? So this is another thing I would highly recommend. When you're in a stress event, you use your muscles. You either exercise, okay, where you're controlling your body, and or go for a long walk, which is also exercise. You can go for a long walk, and you start moving your muscles, flushing out the adrenaline, the cortisol, uh, so those two things, I think, are going to be very, very important to quickly pull yourself out of any stress state, okay? Now, the origin of this autonomic nervous system, which is the flight or fight, is actually in the brain, and it's in the brain stem. That's the part underneath the rest of the brain, and also it's in the limbic system. That's connected to certain emotions. So, of course, when you're experiencing stress, you experience different emotions too, like fear, anger, that type of thing. But in the brain, okay, the limbic system, and especially the brain stem, are highly susceptible to a vitamin B1 thiamine deficiency. So what does that mean? It means that if you are deficient in B1 uh, for any reason, those two areas of your brain will suffer, okay? And the tissue can even break down. Now, it's reversible, but it can break down. So if you're deficient in B1, the effects that can happen because of this problem in the brainstem and the limbic system is almost identical to hypoxia. That is a condition where you're lacking oxygen. There's something about oxygen that is uh, really good, right? I mean, breathing is really good. So when you uh, are suffocating or let's say you're underwater and, and you can't seem to get above water and you can't breathe, you will automatically trigger the sympathetic nervous system or the stress reflexes. Well, guess what? A B1 deficiency can mimic a mild version of that, of hypoxia. And they call it pseudo-hypoxia. And also what comes along with that is difficulty breathing. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because I want to emphasize the importance of this B1 in pulling yourself out of a stress state and preventing stress, especially with your breathing, especially with your, your nervous system, 
Even uh, the condition called SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome, is linked to a B1 deficiency. And that's a situation where an infant can die in the crib uh, because they stop breathing. So B1 keeps the oxygen high, it keeps you breathing, it keeps you out of the stress mode. So those are the three things that you should focus on when dealing with stress. I'm just reminding you of this because you probably already know this, but I wanted to emphasize it 